0: You're listening to the Sunday Soul Podcast with me, Aaron Pryor, and Becky Hayden. Sunday Soul is part of youMindsetcoaching.com. Hello and welcome to Sunday Soul. We're back for another podcast and as ever, I am joined by my lovely friend, Becky. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: Yes, very good. Thank you. So we're returning to the podcast today. Again, um, we've been away for a little while. We seem to be having these impromptu little breaks between episodes, but we are working to get a bit more... um, focused i think is the word and and a bit more regular in our posting um we did do the update or i did the update last weekend um or last week rather which just said a little bit about where the podcast is going and some of the things that we want to do um one of those is that you are running your coaching business called you mindset coaching which is based in the physical sense in australia but you do provide sort of online and, and remote coaching services to basically anybody anywhere don't you
1: absolutely wherever wherever you are in the world
0: Yes and so Sunday Soul was originally part of a blog that you set up of the same name and you know you've now sort of merged those two things together so we just want to sort of let people know that Sunday Soul as a podcast is continuing it will continue to be called Sunday Soul it is now part of youmindsetcoaching.com and you can find more information about Becky the work she does and the blogs that used to be on Sunday Soul are being merged over as we speak to um, you mindset coaching so you'll be able to see that uh, old content. as well as anything new and so sunday soul will be coming from you mindset coaching and so that we can match our name we're going to start putting these out on a sunday so make sure you subscribe if you haven't already Mm -hmm. to get that notification when they arrive on a sunday and you can carry on listening to us and hopefully we'll be doing one every other week um which is what we set out to do originally rather than (laughs) whenever we can find sort of the time with the time difference um As many of our listeners will know, I'm based in Shropshire in the UK and Becky is currently in sunny, sunny Australia. Um, So we do record these at slightly odd times of the day, um, which doesn't really add to the sort of regularity of the episodes, let's be honest. Um, But we are here, we are ready and we're going to be talking about two things today that I think are really, really important and I think are probably things that affect so many of our listeners on a regular basis. One of those is failure and the other one is about loving yourself, self-love for want of a better phrase. Um, When we talk about failure, so often it's negative, isn't it? I mean, the, the whole idea of failure is negative if we look at the current political status of of the UK I don't want to go too much into that because it's incredibly depressing but you know people are bandying around these words about failures and all this sort of thing all of the time failure to follow the Brexit process through etc etc but actually sometimes a failure is a good thing that's your assertion in this um, context isn't it
1: yes yeah and I think looking at it that way One makes it kind of an easier pill to swallow, but also gives you the lessons that you've learned from the failure to move forwards into the next chapter or the next bit of your life.
0: So it's about seeing failure as something that can influence you, something that you can learn from, something that you can gain and grow from, isn't it? It's not just about saying, I can't do that. I didn't do that. I failed at this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and kind of seeing how it inspires you to move forwards, um, kind of your resilience throughout that, that failure, whatever that failure means to you, it could be an absolute massive failure, it could be a tiny something that you've done through the week, but having the ability to look and reflect back on that failure, and then identify what you've learned and how you've moved forwards.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's really key, isn't it? It's it's about saying, you know, we're going to fail. We do fail. We all do it. We're all subject to it. And how we react to it and how we embrace it, which I think is, the, is exactly the right word to use, um, or celebrate it, which is the word that you've used in your blog, is how we can best get some sort of learning from it and, and some sort of positivity from it. So... Yeah. let's talk about failures let's talk about what they are how they are you know and we're talking literally from the small things you know you didn't get out of bed when you were supposed to um you know you were 10 minutes late for work right the way up to the kind of more major life events they're all the same realistically aren't they they have different um levels i guess of of yeah. importance in our life and different and different ways in which they affect us but a failure is 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 the same thing no matter what it is right yeah so I guess if we if we if we approach it from that point of view that a failure is a failure is a failure is a failure all of the things that we're going to talk about now are applicable no matter what the situation and I think you know quite often when we when we talk about you know coaching or when we talk about, you know, coping with life events and all that sort of thing, quite often I think the it's really easy to think about those really big moments in our lives, those times that we really need the support or need the help because something major has happened. And actually I think sometimes it's really easy to forget that, you know, we live with this stuff on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, I'm one of those people particularly who gathers in things all of the time. You know, my friends and my family tell me things and, and come to me for support, or there are stresses and strains in my own life um, that I sort of gather up and I deal with, you know, every day and I plod through and I plod through and I plod through until one thing happens that kind of sets me off. And then I, you know, really struggle and I have to kind of get my house in order and start, you know, from, from ground zero again. And I think, you know, dealing with failures is is a really obvious way when you think about it to, to try to prevent that from happening but actually sometimes I don't think we acknowledge the smaller stuff as much as we do the big stuff do you agree with that
1: yeah absolutely and you know even just even for example yesterday I got myself to the gym and I I wasn't feeling great and I did half a workout and I was like right I'm gonna have to leave because I was getting myself so wound up or and my anxiety kicked in and I was like right just leave now just go now and to me that was a failure because I didn't finish my gym workout and you know that's a that's a very small failure in the grand scheme of things but I was just like look like this is where this is where my head is at at the moment and if I carry on I'm only going to make myself worse so by leaving that and kind of moving away I had the ability to be able to solve what was going on at that time and you know even seeing that as a small failure but it was a good thing that I did move away from the gym because I I could have ended up having a panic attack or you know do you know what I mean so I kind of did it there and then
0: yeah absolutely and I think also um one of the other things that I would say at this point which I think is really important is you know sometimes what you consider a failure or what other people consider a failure on your behalf is actually a really positive thing and you know you in your blog um when you've talked about celebrating failure you you've given some information about your experiences in the performing arts industry and I'll I'll let you share those if you want to but one of the things that I found because of course we both come from that world one of the things that I found when I moved away from performing and into the the business side of of show business the the sort of as an agent and as a producer you know people assumed that I was doing that and it was some sort of failure of my performance career it was it was because I hadn't made it as an actor and there is some truth in that I wasn't I, I think I knew that I wasn't as good as some of the my peers around me and that actually some of the work that I wanted to do I wasn't going to achieve but what I did was I found that actually, whilst I knew I wanted to be in theatre since I was about six years old, I realised that perhaps performing wasn't the be-all and end-all. And, you know, I could go and be an agent and do those things. And And I, you know, started my own theatre agency and it was without doubt the best job I've ever had. And I think you know so many of my friends and particularly some of my family saw that as, as a failure saw that as an admission that i wasn't good enough or that i I'd, I'd not been able to make it you know um f- you know neglecting the fact that a very very small percentage of people make it in the theater world anyway but you know for me that was it wasn't a failure it was a really positive thing and and you know i think sometimes we we accept people's um projection of themselves or their thoughts about some of the stuff that we do onto ourselves we accept that because somebody thinks yeah. we failed we almost certainly have and I think you know taking back ownership of that taking back ownership of our achievements our failures and everything in between is a really important thing is that the same for you
1: yeah a hundred percent yeah and I think it's very strange and obviously we'll talk a lot about the performing arts world um kind of Kind of in a moment because I think and I've said in the blog like failure is not a thing that anyone talks about in the performing arts world and every um like on reflection, every audition that you went to that you didn't got there was always a reason. Oh my hair wasn't long enough. Oh and you kid <laughs> yourself you'd kid yourself so many times that the reason why you didn't get the job or um you sung you know one note a little bit flat and that was the reason why and you'd make up all these excuses almost to make it feel better for yourself when really actually if you if you said okay right I failed at that one and this is the reason why and what can I do for the next time you know you might I might have learned way more about myself if I'd come from seeing and viewing it that way rather than hiding the fact that I didn't get the job and then making some bullshit, if you don't mind my language, excuse why I didn't get it. So I think it's I really wanted to get that across. And I think because I've got a lot of friends who are now doing something else rather than performing, um, I think pretty much the 100 percent of my friends that are on Facebook who were performers, there's probably about 10 percent still doing it and like well done to them like I give hats off to them because it's yeah, a absolutely. horrible place to be Um, but but you know we all went home and like it was almost like you went home and hid in your house and <laughs> stayed off Facebook and don't admit to anyone That we've gone home like it was that's how you felt when you moved away from the performing arts industry and I just think it's it's a sad it's a sad place to be because you don't realize well now like reflecting back on it I don't realize what it's actually given me and I held it as such a negative thing for so long which is why I wanted to talk about it in this blog
0: yeah I think you're right and I think you know we obviously come from from the theatre world the both of us and you know I I still do some some theatre work as a, as a performer and, and as a teacher as well and I know that you're still doing bits and pieces as well you know until very recently you were teaching over here for example in the UK and um you know that's very fulfilling for both of us but you know the thought of going back into the professional world for me is like no way um Although, you know, I'm, I'm currently training to be a journalist and I guess there's an element of performance in there. But, you know, we won't go into that too much now. But um, I this isn't just about those kind of industries. It's not just about creative industry or, no. or anything like that either, is it? This can be applied to, you know, any kind of workforce. You know, I, I was just thinking from a sporting context, for example, you know, if we... If we look at the way that we treat our national sporting um, teams or individuals and the level of expectation that we put on those people, you know, for example... Um, it's not a sport that I particularly know anything about. So please don't expect me to explain the offside rule and things like that. But if we think about football, if we think about the England football team, for example, you know, we go into those massive competitions, the Euros, the World Cups, et cetera, et cetera, with these huge expectations of of what we're going to achieve, which, you know, inevitably over, over certain certainly over recent tournaments haven't been met. And then there is this sort of sense of national... Um, desire to find somebody or something to pin that on you know and inevitably it's it's normally the, the manager yeah. and they normally get sacked and then the next manager has a couple of years to try to rework the team and it doesn't ever seem to come together and and you know i, I and i know that's probably a, a big broad stroke but it, it just shows to me that this isn't this isn't just about those people who are doing those performing industries you know um this is about anybody and everything. And actually, I think, you know, we go into those big sporting events with so much hype that actually anything other than a total whitewash win is a failure in our eyes, in somebody's eyes. And yeah. I think, you know,
1: yeah. in
0: those situations, I think, you know, things like Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram and all of those have have allowed people to express their opinion so widely and so loudly that that, you know, I can't imagine... Being in, uh, uh, well, I mean, it, it would never happen, but I can't imagine being on that England football squad and, and having to live through that, you know, that constant thing. In the same way, I think, you know, MPs at the moment over, over here, you know, in, in the British Parliament are going through an incredibly difficult period with Brexit and all of that stuff. And again, we're not going to get into that, but... um you know, I wouldn't wanna be an MP at this point. You know, I couldn't live with that. And particularly when you see on Twitter some of the some of the things that get said. You know, I've I've been reading Twitter today, um, whilst the, the the House of Commons has gone back and is talking about Brexit legislation. And people are using the word traitor and things like that, this very emotive, very sort of powerful language. And, you know, that's that's not using this this stuff as as a positive. And and so I think it's really it's really um, important that we say that whilst we both come from a background where we can relate in terms of theatre and performance and and the difficulties that we faced, this isn't about that. This is just about giving you an indication of, of how it might feel, how it might work. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about failures. Um, We've talked a lot about um, how they sort of manifest and how they, we've talked a bit about how they manifest and, and where they've come from for us. You've, um, You've included in your blog a really interesting quote from Albert Einstein, um, where he said, "If you if you've never failed, you've never tried anything new," and I think that's a really important um, sort of point that we can move forward on now. Is that you know this isn't about saying that you should never try, you should try to never fail. This isn't about saying you should just be the best at everything you do because then you won't fail. This is about saying actually it's going to happen, and you know. I've always had the point of view with the various things that I've done through my through my life, like, for example, at the age of 34, going and deciding I'm going to take a part-time um, university degree or starting a business or any of those things. It's that thing of, do I want to be on my deathbed and think I wish I'd done that? Or do I want to be on my deathbed and yep. go, yeah, I screwed it up, but at least I did it, if that's the way it works yep. out. Um, and I think that's really important. So. And that takes us on, I guess, to one of the first points that you've made in your blog, which is that we should stop seeing failure as a measure of self-worth. Can you just explain a little bit more about what you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So I see self, um, I think I think self-worth is really important. And it's something that I really try and advocate with my business as well, and kind of learning that self-worth and, and learning how to have self-worth. Um, and I see failure as, you know, sometimes people think that that, is the reason why they feel so rubbish about themselves. So failing can always lead to some sort of frustration or sadness. Um, But And most of the time embarrassment. And I think that's what people shy away from, is that feeling of embarrassment. Whereas if we just didn't criticise ourselves too much about it and saw that our self-worth hasn't been hit by it yes maybe we might have been embarrassed at the time but actually a lot of people have got your back and a lot of people understand and a lot of people are there to support then you know you move forward quickly quicker than you know wallowing about how you feel about failing in the situation um so that's kind of how I see you know to stop measuring it and to kind of stop letting it consume your self-worth and how you feel
0: I think you're absolutely right. One of the things that you've written as well is that you are often your harshest critic. And I think that's really true, isn't it? I think that we sometimes approach a situation particularly where, you know, again, if we use the sort of performing arts world, you know, I I never used to tell people that I was going to audition. Because if I didn't tell anyone, I then didn't have to tell anyone that I didn't get the job, if that's the way, you know, I, I... Sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. And you know, when I did get the job it was great. When I didn't get the job, what I didn't want to have to do was to ring my mum and my agent and my friend and my <laughs> you know, everybody and my partner and everybody else to say, Oh, I didn't get it. Um yeah. but actually that that was self-preservation in some ways. That was me saying, I can't do that because they're going to judge me, they're going yeah. to, you know, the feel that I failed, they're going to think that I'm not as good as I should be or could be or whatever. But actually it was nothing to do with that it was about right. me being hypercritical of myself and actually when i did share that those things and when i did say you know what i thought i'd done a really great job on that on that um audition but i didn't get it it was amazing how many of my friends and my family rallied around and said i mean of course my mum would always say oh i'm sure it was the best you've ever been cuz that's <laughs> your mum's job but you know my friends and my family and my colleagues in the theatre world would say it's not your problem you know it's you just weren't right for it there'll be another audition it's fine you're really great all of those things and actually you know I realized that that level of support was more important than not telling anybody because I was worried about not getting the gig so I think that's the other thing isn't it is it's it's about not allowing it not allowing a failure to to detract away from your self-worth for your view of your own of your own ability and also then allowing other people to share in that because inevitably it's not as bad as you think it's going to be Um, so when we're dealing with failure then we look at you know we share that information we look at our own self-worth we do those things what are the ways in which we can change the focus of of failure what are the ways in which we can take failure and really make it a positive rather than a negative
1: so I think one of the main things is in life is that we always focus on the negative a lot of the time anyway Um, and I think we have been brought into a world where that happens like the you know everything on the news is negative everything that you hear on Twitter is mostly negative that gets kind of put to the top so we we live in a world where we can have um, and I call back to a friend who told me she did a, a speech and she did this hour speech and it was absolutely amazing. And in the last two minutes of the speech, she said a word or did something wrong. And she said, the only thing I focused on was the last two minutes of that speech, where she just done like a full hour of this incredible speech and everyone was like so motivated and feeling amazing. But because she thought that she failed in those last two minutes, that's the only thing she focused on. And I think we can draw that back to anything that's going on in our lives. Um that we only focus on the things that we've, that we've failed on or we've not done well on rather than focusing on the good things. So this is one of the things that we can do. We can focus on the good things. So, you know, failure is almost, I see it as an, as an improvement in myself. So what I've failed, I've improved then to make better, but we can actually look at what we do do well um, in our life and, and, Stopping that negative thinking and changing it almost—it's—it's it's a gratitude exercise, and gratitude is the best thing that we can do. And to live from an area of gratitude is will change your life for the better. And so, just having kind of making either a list of you know ten things you're good at, you know that could be big or small. Um, 10 things that 10 good things that have happened in that week 10 good things that you can take away from that failure just makes you switch the focus and i always talk about the glasses that you wear so have you got your negative glasses on because when you've got negative your negative sunglasses on through the screen all you see is the negative things around you whereas if we've got our positive sunglasses on then we pick up more opportunities we pick up more of the positives
0: Yeah absolutely and I think you know this also links back to a couple of the other conversations that we've had on previous episodes both about you know trying to manage or silence that negativity that's that's ingrained in a lot of us and and is sort of inbuilt into society and you've touched on that there about you know the gratitude exercise and things like that you know but also um, the the sort of focusing forward that thing of um I, I remember when we talked about the RAS system and things like that you know we, we talked about I am doing this rather than I, yeah. I will you know yeah. that that feeling of for I remember one of yours was I am doing a TED talk at yeah. you know the, the the next TED event and yeah. and um you know I think that's that's part of that isn't it it's it's not only focusing on on good things that are happening here and now but also having the strength and the sort of will to say, okay, maybe things didn't go well now, but actually there's a lot of positives I can take from that. Let's focus on those good things and let's let's bring that forward. Let's pay it forward to the next event, the next thing that I want to focus on.
1: I think thinking in that way, it almost brings it back to the, the Albert Einstein thing. If he didn't fail at the things that he was trying to create, then you know, we wouldn't have what we have today. And he failed at that, but look where... Look, what it gave us um and that's you know that's what we have to remember is that that sometimes that biggest failure and this is why I talk about it is my biggest failure and coming away from the performing arts industry gave me a plethora of things that I could do from that and I met incredible people like yourself like I wouldn't have you know, we wouldn't be sitting here today if I hadn't p- failed in the performing arts industry. And just no, kind of looking back as that, it's it's almost a bit liberating to be able to say, you know, this is where I've come from, that.
0: And that, I guess, has, has led us into another point that you've made um, about how we deal with failure and how we use it. But, you know, using failure as, as an inspiration, you know, we've both, I think, just touched on that. This idea that we can look at that and we can say, oh my God, it was awful. It was shocking. It was this, it was that, it was terrible. It's the worst moment of my life. We can do all of that. But actually that doesn't take us anywhere. That doesn't do anything for us apart from reminds us about all the awful things. What we can do is say, yeah, okay, this wasn't great, but actually it's allowed me to open that door. It's allowed me to see this point of view or it's allowed yeah. me to understand what I need to do to get better to it to change to improve whatever it is that we want to do you know I think and I think this is the most important bit is if we can train ourselves to stop thinking about negativity and the the idea that a failure is is a negative thing and that a failure is is an, an end to a story yeah. Yep. yeah I like that. And use it more as the beginning of a story. You know, that the, the failure is the, is the beginning of the next chapter. That's all it is. It's yeah. the cliffhanger that leads to the next learning event. And I think if we can do that, if we can be inspired by the things that we do really well, we should also be inspired by the things that we do really badly. And, yeah. you know, that's a really, you know, I think that's, I, and it's it's about embracing that failure, isn't it? And I think, you know, yeah. if we can do that, and I'm, you know, the first one to hold my hands up and say, I'm not always very good at it, but I, I think, realistically, that is going to change your mindset from the get-go, 100%. isn't it? Yeah, a hundred
1: percent. I really like that analogy of the, the start of the next chapter. That's lovely.
0: You're, you're welcome. You can have that. For <laughs> um, um, <laughs> um, the other, the, the only point that I would. Um, just want to touch on really quickly before we go into um talking about and i think a lot of this ties in really well when we talk about self-love and 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 loving yourself and and we're going to look briefly again at the um wheel of life which we've talked about in a previous episode as well um a really important part of this is resilience um yeah We're not going to do this all of the time. Let's be honest. There are days, there are times when something happens and all you can do is focus on the failure. But actually, it's about how you pick yourself up from that and then how quickly you're allowed yourself to move forward. You know, this isn't saying that you should, you know, spend your life with those, you know, some would say rose-tinted glasses on, some would say the forward-thinking glasses, whatever they are. You know, nobody can live in that consistently. But actually, what's really important is, is that you that you remind yourself that it's okay to feel bad, but then you need to get up and you need to get on.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what I try and do with my social media posts. And I, I will always post when I don't feel good as well as when I feel good, because I think if I come from a place of true, myself like yesterday was a horrendous day for me I spent the whole day being angry at myself I was annoyed that I'd, what I'd done and you know I, I came from a place of complete negativity but that's fine because this morning I'm like right I'm ready to go and I've that and I know this is a I think it's a football term but bounce back ability I'm sure that they use on soccer am or something but um yeah so the the kind of bounce back ability is to be able to control what's happened it's okay not to be okay but then you also need to be okay to be okay the next day <laughs> so that's and I really try and and push that on my social media because I don't want everyone thinking that you can live a life of rainbows and sunshine and butterflies because no one can and I'd like to meet the person who does um and for the down times we have better up times and for the uptimes, we have better downtimes. so yeah
0: yeah exactly and i think it is you know if we if we do look at that story analogy you know you have the failure it's it's something you have to deal with you're allowed to feel bad about it but yeah. then you have to turn that page you have to yeah. go on and start the next chapter and and use it as the, as the method to move on so i think you know it's very easy to sit and say well, all you do is use it as an inspiration and focus on the good things. But actually, <laughs> you know, that that we have to acknowledge that takes a bit of work. It takes a bit of self-convincing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that does really lead us on to um, talking about self-love, um, which always yeah. sounds ever so slightly strange. Um, it sounds like it, <laughs> we've gone into like, yeah, we've gone into the My Dad Wrote a Porno sort of, um, realms now we're <laughs> talking about self-love but you know we talk about loving yourself we talk about you know giving yourself the same level of time and uh, attention and all of those things that we do for the people that we love kind of externally our partners our parents our families whatever that might be um yeah So if we just track this back, um, I I touched on the Wheel of Life just before. We've covered that off in a previous episode, which I think was one of our longer ones. Um, But essentially, the Wheel of Life has several compartments on it. And it's a way of measuring our, you know, where we're at in our life. It's a way of taking stock. Um, And one of those sections is romance. Um, We'll go back on that in a second. But can you just explain very briefly what the other sections of the wheel are?
1: yes so we've got business and career there's finances personal growth fun and recreation physical environment um relationships with friends or family and um romance and there's one more i've done that off the top of my head that was a pretty good go (laughs) that's
0: impressive i can't remember what
1: i've covered (laughs) if you want if you want to know what the other one is you'll
0: have to listen to the previous episode um (laughs) When we, romance, exactly. <laughs> when we talk about romance, exactly, when we talk about romance, we can talk about that in several contexts, can't we? We can talk about it in terms of romantic love, i.e. a partner. Yeah. Um, we can talk about it in terms of ourselves, which is what we're going to focus on. We can talk about it in in terms of the way in which we show a love to um, anything, essentially, a romantic attachment to something in, in that sort of sense. Um, when we talk about when we talk about it in context of ourselves, what do you mean by that? Obviously, you know, we we live with ourselves. We are the person who we are closest to for our entire lives. And, you know, <laughs> a lot of the time it's very difficult to to love yourself. It's very difficult to, to sort of sit and say, actually, do you know what? I'm really enjoying what i do i really you know i'm i'm really proud of myself and i think that it's all kind of intrinsically linked in this idea of of using this section of the wheel to to kind of take stock of where you're at and what you're you know whether you're giving yourself that attention so what do you mean when you talk about romance and self love
1: so i think coming from a place of self love is something that i would really love to have myself and this is something that I'm working on a lot of the clients that I work with are working towards goals uh, and a lot of people that I speak to are working towards oh when I have 10 hundred pounds in a bank I'll be really happy when I find a boyfriend I'll be really happy when I quit my job and find a new job I'll be really happy and I do it as well like when I weigh this certain amount I know I'm going to be happy but I can guarantee hand on heart that when you get there you still won't be happy because there'll be something else that you're trying to find or trying to source or or the next thing to move on to and I think when you come from a place of self-love and having happiness within yourself rather than happiness from something outside yourself that's when we really start to live our life there's been thousands of podcasts that I've listened to recently that has been about being happy, being happy in the here and now and being happy with yourself because that's when you move on from a better place rather than constantly grabbing things and constantly finding happiness from you know, somewhere or something. And that's what I'm trying to get out with this whole romance within yourself. Yes, it's giving yourself that me time, having a bath, face, face mask, whatever. But if you physically don't love what's going on inside you or what's going on in your head, how can you ever move forward to other people? loving you or you know and that's that's what i'm trying to get out here and i get really like energized with this because it's something that i am still working on myself i don't have the answers yet but i have like a few things that i'm doing that's helping towards it
0: yeah i think that's really really important and you know acknowledging that you're not you know perfect at this is is i think really important as well because actually you know you'd probably a bit be a bit Smug and annoying if you were perfect at it, if we're honest, but, uh, you know, nobody's gonna, nobody loves their life all of the time, do they? You know, let's be honest about things. You know, I can't imagine that, you know, David and Victoria Beckham love their life 100% of the time, you know and i think there's there's an element of things like instagram particularly and and the social media channels that you know yeah. are used to promote a certain way of living and and a you know the influences are are paid by brands to present themselves in a certain way and, and all that sort of thing you know that sometimes doesn't help because we look at those people and we think wow they must live this amazing lifestyle but i remember a few months ago um seeing an Instagram, a series of Instagram stories from, from a blogger that I follow. And, you know, she um, has, you know, an incredibly huge following on on Instagram. She's always jetting off to various places. She looks fantastic. She's always got these amazing clothes. She does this. She does that. She has all this beautiful content. Her pictures are stunning. She looks like she lives the perfect lifestyle. And her Instagram stories, which was a, a series of stories it went on for about 10 minutes, was her, if I remember rightly, sitting on her floor, leaning against a wall, absolutely sobbing because her and her boyfriend I think it was had just split up and she was devastated and you know it was a real insight into her life at that moment and I appreciated that so much more in a sort of you feel you feel very uncomfortable for them and you feel a lot of empathy for them but you know I felt like I was I got to know that person more than I ever had just looking at her content of course I don't really know her at all but um you know, you feel a connection with that person. And I think we have to acknowledge that, you know, we're not in the same way that we're not always gonna be able to embrace our failures and and use them positively at first. We're not, we're also not always gonna love ourselves. And I think, you know, we all, most of us anyway, could do with more money in our lives. We all could do with, yeah. you know, a job that we could turn up when we felt like it, do a bit of work, and then leave <laughs> again. You know, all of those things. But actually, when we look at those really highly successful people, you know, if you look at people like Peter Jones, Theo Paphitis, you know, the sort of Dragons Den characters that, yeah. that are, you know, that are on TV, and you think, oh God, I'd love to do what they do. I'd love to have their money. You look at Richard Branson. You know, he owns his yeah, own island. Just for about goodness' sake, say Richard <laughs> But, you know, this idea that he's done that through anything other than massive amounts of hard work and sacrifice and and all of those things that come with building up a business empire of that size, if you don't believe that he's had to go through that frankly you're ever so slightly deluded and I think you know we have a tendency as humans to look at other people and go why haven't I got that why can't I have this where is when is it going to happen for me and I think for me there's a sense of you've got you've got to go out and get it that's a topic for a different yeah. day get having the motivation to get <laughs> up and get out because um, we can talk about that an awful lot Um but also it's about that thing of as you've said taking stock stepping back and saying do you know what this is This is really good, actually, you know, and and to use an example from, you know, you've used the gym example from yesterday, using that as a way to look forward and a way to to motivate you going forward and, and, and appreciating that actually that was a positive thing for you this weekend just gone. I did nothing. And I mean nothing um my steps I think on my watch was less than a thousand for the whole day (laughs) both Saturday and Sunday I was less than two thousand steps combined and (laughs) almost all of those steps was either going to the coffee machine going to the fridge or going to the loo I think and you know but actually you know at the end of the weekend on Sunday afternoon I turned to my partner and I said do you know what I've had an amazing weekend it's been so nice just to sit and not have to be somewhere, or see someone, or do something, and and just to spend some time with her, just enjoying each other's company, enjoying some TV, and and the various other things that we were doing in the house, you know, I mean, it was things like cleaning, you know, and and I hate cleaning, but, you know, just doing activities (laughs) together that, that were quite relaxed, that we could just potter around and get on with, you know, and, you know, that... It was a really nice moment. It was a really nice moment of thinking. You know what? This is okay. This is this is really, yep. really, really. In fact, it was better than okay. It was really lovely. And you know, I think sometimes it's those really simple things that you have to go. Actually, you know what? This is good. Yes, yeah. I could do with some more money in my is bank, a good thing. but this is good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think the, you know, it's that fuel that we give ourselves to carry on. And, and how much better has your week been from allowing yourself to have that weekend of rest? Um, and how much better does your mind feel from have it from allowing yourself to have that time? Um, and it's, it's, it's knowing the kind of fuels that we can use to move forward. And I always say, um, People who kind of do too much and, and get to burnout, the you're doing a disservice to everyone who you want to service at the moment because you're working from ten percent of your capacity. And if you did just take that time to have time out, or you know, just appreciate yourself or where you are now, you would come from a better place and be able to serve people fifty percent, sixty percent, seventy percent of your capacity.
0: I think you're right, and I think you know like for me for example i i did that had that weekend of just pure kind of chill um some would say slobbing out um but <laughs> you know i woke up monday morning and i was like right here's another week let's crack it on yeah. let's do it i i want to to achieve this you know there are some things happening at work i need to get those sorted i need to get that done and actually i was able to apply myself much better and i didn't have the kind of monday morning blues Partly because I'd allowed myself to relax and I hadn't gone, right, I need to do all of these things this weekend. I need to see these people. I need to do these things. I need to help that person. I need to do that. And I actually took the time to say, yes, this is really nice. But also, and I think this is a really important part of, of sort of self love and, and, and looking after yourself is, is saying to yourself, actually, I need this period of time like last weekend was for me and my partner and and for us to spend time together it wasn't about seeing family it wasn't about seeing friends it wasn't about helping somebody do something that you know because I want to help out people all the time it was about saying do you know what actually we've had a really busy few weeks it's been a really difficult couple of months with various lots of different things going on um let's just take that time and that i think is really important because again you don't get that burnout you don't get that what you've described as self-sabotage you're not kind of putting yourself in a position where you just can't do anything else
1: yeah absolutely and i think it's taking ownership of that as well like physically saying i need to have a weekend of doing absolutely nothing and owning it and and by owning it we take away the guilt because I feel guilty if I sit down for an hour um, and not do anything. And I did that yesterday. I watched Brene Brown on Netflix and then I watched Sex and the City and I was like, this day is amazing. But if I hadn't have failed at the gym, I wouldn't have got to that day because I would have carried on in that negative mentality and my day probably would have spiralled from there. So it's taking ownership of the times that you do need as well.
0: Yeah, I think so and and you know you've talked about finding you're happy in your in your blog yeah. and you know I think that's part of it isn't it is actually looking back and looking at things and saying do you know what at this particular time I need to rest, I need to stop, I need to do this, or I need to go for a walk, I need to go and, you know, have that glass of wine with my closest friends so that we can talk about X, Y and Z and, you know, and, and, you know, all of those things, doing those things, making a list of stuff that makes you happy, acknowledging the things in your life currently that, you know, are really good, you know, we can all do with some more money. I don't think there's anybody in the world, the richest man in the world probably wants more money and money can't buy you happiness, we know that, you know, so... You know, let's forget about the fact that we've got however many pounds in our bank account. Let's look at the fact that we have a roof over our head that we can have, you know. That some people, you know, I like food, I like to cook food, I like to eat food, I like looking at food, you know. And I'm really grateful that I have the ability both to prepare and cook that food, but also to be able to enjoy that food, to have a lifestyle where I can, not all the time, but I can spend money on food that perhaps, you know, other people can't do. And I am incredibly grateful for that. And I think it's a really great thing. you know, and those are the things that make me happy. And when I'm not feeling great, those are the things I come back to. You know, for, for a lot yeah. of people, for you, for example, I know that exercise is something that makes you happy. And, you know, there's a, a sense of endorphins in there and all that sort of stuff. You know, that and, you know, generally speaking, exercise makes everybody happy because of the way your brain works. Yeah. Alongside <laughs> chocolate, obviously. Um, so for me, it's chocolate. For other people, it's yeah. running. But, um, you know... I think those are really important things to to say to yourself you know yeah okay I can't go out this weekend because I can't afford the ticket to whatever it is or whatever or I can't afford to go out for dinner this week because I'm you know I've got to save for that bill or do whatever it is or you know if it's not about money if it's about work you know yeah okay I didn't get that job or I haven't gone on that training course or I've not finished this assignment you know that's all fine and, you know, but give yourself the breathing space to think, but I have achieved that. I can do this. And actually, this is yeah. okay. And you'll suddenly find that those barriers and those doors start to open naturally anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that leads us on to a sort of final point about this, which is about the victim mentality. Um, yes. Which I'm really My fascinated thing by. To talk about. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, you know, I realized some time ago that, you know, I, I wasn't doing particularly well um with in terms of my mental well-being and and you know it was around a time when there was massive kind of shift in in my personal life and various other things and you know I dropped into this um mindset of saying why is it always me and you know for everything for everything that happened um You know, to to the big things, to those you know those unexpected bills that come, to when the car breaks down or when you know a decision doesn't go your way, even down to the small things. When you you know those those silly things, like when you open a bottle of milk and you pull the tab too hard and it squirts out on the side. Oh, why is it always me? My life is awful. You know, just (laughs) and and I just started to realize, and and you know, I. I'm not shy of of saying that, you know, part of that realisation was the fact that I was, you know, given some medication and, and that was a way to help me through that process. But actually what it allowed me to do was to see that, you know, this isn't, always me you know and actually there was a lot of good things in my life and and particularly at the time my friends and my family were amazing and once I started to focus on those things that victim mentality kind of started to go away and I realized that by again it's like the RAS system thing by focusing on those negatives I was just engendering them to come along more and more I was willing them to happen to me because I wanted to feel like I was being victimised, like I was the one that was, yeah. you know, the world was trying to, to crush. Um, and I think, you know, I, I get the impression that actually I'm not the only one that does that. Um, I really hope I'm not because otherwise I've just made myself like a <laughs> loon. But, you no, know, I don't think I am. Right and there the you. more, yeah, and the more people I speak to from from, you know, so many different areas of my life and the different friends I've got in different sort of worlds and professions and things, you know, everybody goes, yeah, no, I see, I get your point. And I think, you know, there's something about us as humans that seems to want to to have that mentality, that 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 victimized mentality. But, you know, we really need to pull back on that. Right. We really need to challenge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think it's how we kind of explain it in the coaching world is you're either living from cause or you're living from effect. So being at cause means that you're taking personal responsibility for your actions, for what happens, for where you're going, what you're doing. You are responsible for that. You're living from a place of, I am here because I have done this or I am here. The, the milk spilled on me this morning because I wasn't concentrating, not because the world wants to kill me and you know like that's just it's not a thing you make it up in your head um so we say you either live from cause or you live from effect and by living from effect you let everything else affect the way that you're feeling um and I like to kind of see it as are you above the line in cause or are you below the line in effect and I always say how easy it is to feel sorry for yourself it's the easiest thing to do is to sit and wallow and feel negative and and it's very easy to get yourself into that into that stage in your head but actually what are you achieving from being there because yeah you might get a bit more um emotional payoff like you might get emotional payoff from people you might get a bit more attention but if you stay in that place for too long you ain't going anywhere you 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 are there you're stuck until you start living from the cause and stop being the victim in your own life you are only making that choice yourself
0: yeah, and also, you know, I think it's worth noting that that attention doesn't last very long. You know, people get bored. Um, yeah. You know, for want of a better word, you know, <coughs> there's only so much people will take, even even your closest friends and family, before they start saying, right, come on, get up, come get on out of bed, get yeah. on with it, Like, you know, this is ridiculous. And, yeah. you know, I think you're absolutely right when you talk about cause and effect. And, you know, the things that I was dealing with, um, you know, a couple of years ago now, was it a couple of years? I can't remember. Anyway, the things that I was dealing with... Um, you know and and me and my wife had split up and it was a really difficult time for me and actually you know what was a really interesting conversation that I was having with with some of my friends um at the time was that they were more angry about the whole experience than I was and you know they they were furious on my behalf and I'm in and I was and continue to be eternally grateful for that level of support but actually what I realized I had to do the only way that I was going to get through this process as, as much as I had to go and see the GP and, and you know, I, I will always talk about that because I think, you know, particularly for men, it's a really, really important thing to do to acknowledge that you're not well, that, that something is not right. And, you know, to get support, if you need that support, it's absolutely the right thing to do. But with that support, I was able to realize that, you know, living a life of anger, even from the beginning, just was counterproductive I wasn't getting anywhere I wasn't doing anything and actually you know it wasn't going to change anything and I think that's the really important point is that actually you know my wife had still split up with me you know just because I was angry about it or bitter about it or frustrated about it wasn't going to make her suddenly change her mind and no yeah you know for me it was that thing of going okay what do I do now how do I? And again, it's, it, it, it combines, I think, both elements of, of what we've talked about today. There was a failure in terms of my relationship with her. And it was about taking the time to say to myself, right, what do I need? What do I do well what can I look to what can I what can I rely on in my own life and through my own strengths to make this better for myself and that's why I decided to you know to go to university for example at the grand old age of 34 and do a you know part-time university degree that I'm now going into the second of six years of doing Um, (laughs) part of that was about saying to myself do you know what I want to do that learning I want to have that space for myself to achieve something that I've not done before and you know I couldn't have done that if I was still in that anger and bitterness and, and resent yeah. of of what I'd what had been put upon me, what had been thrust on me. And I think, you know, it took time and it took effort and it it, it still even now there are situations, you know, because I have children and, and of course that's always going to be quite difficult, but there are still situations that take their toll on me. But I always come back to that thing of I can either look at the positives or I can sit and be really yeah. bitter and angry and twisted about the whole thing. But actually that road it just it doesn't even lead anywhere let alone leads to no. despair it doesn't it doesn't actually yeah. lead anywhere it just meanders on and on and on um, yeah.
1: and look where you are now from where you were like it's incredible isn't it
0: yeah the... it, it, well, yeah I've I've done things over the past sort of 18 months or so that I never imagined I do I'm you know I, I work yeah. I've got my you know I'm, I'm doing the university degree as I said I've got a new partner and you know things are sort of where i never imagined they could ever be when it when it all first happened exactly. and i think that yeah yeah you know not that i want anybody to feel sorry for me or even to celebrate me or anything other than just to to tell my story as as a way of putting the whole thing into context really because you know yep. anybody can can go through that process and anybody can achieve that and you know my parents split up a long long time ago and my mum never really was able to accept that and i you know part of i guess my motivation was that she lived and died with with a huge amount of 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 anger and frustration and 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 all of that sort of stuff bubbling away and and it prevented her from from really moving forward and, and being sort of truly yeah. happy again and you know i would i couldn't live like that i can't you know i can't allow myself to do that and part of that is saying okay i've had this massive life event this huge failure but now I need to move forward. Now I need to do something yeah. else. Um, yeah. And part of it was saying, "Do you know what? Yes, this is this is one part of my life that's gone wrong. But actually, I have all these other things, and you know, yes. my friends and my family, and you know, all of those people that rallied around me and gathered around me were the most amazing things. And you know, I'm I will be forever grateful for those people and and those times that I spent with those people because that's what got me back into the positivity and you know whatever it takes whoever it is and however it is that you look at the positives and you take the negatives and you push through them and you find you know that you can turn the page and start the next chapter you know you have to embrace that you have to just go for it and do it and you know I'm not going to pretend it's easy because it was the hardest couple of years of my life um yeah and that includes the time that I spent in the the theatre world but you know (laughs) Once you do it, and when you start to try to, to live your life in that way, and you know, there are still times when I flip back and I I have the why is it always me mentality. And it's normally when the, you know, the gas bill arrives or something. But, um, (laughs) you know, I have to remind myself that things aren't that bad. And I think that's a really, really important thing to do.
1: Yeah. And I think kind of the more you do that and the more you, the more you fail, the more you accept that you failed, the more that you move on. It's like a, it's like a muscle. Like if I go to the gym and I do bicep curls for a year, my biceps are going to get bigger and they know what to do. And it's the same, you know, You the more we practice and the more we get ourselves back up and we go again, the easier it is the next time something happens because life is always going to happen. Um and if we can, this is where I come from in my coaching, is if we can get to a place where we can control and control our thoughts, control our emotions, control how we deal with situations and have that relentless determination to get back up and go again, that's when we start living from that place of self-worth and accepting what's happened and moving on.
0: Absolutely. And I think we should leave it there. Um, yep. Yeah. I just want to finish with a a line or two that you've written in your one of your recent posts. Albert Einstein said, if you've never failed, you've never tried anything new. So your challenge from us is to go out and try something new. And if it fails, great it's just another chapter it's just another way to move forwards um thank you for listening as ever you can find um more of becky's blogs at umindsetcoaching.com. you can also find us on the social media feeds so if you go to facebook it's you mindset coaching and twitter and instagram you can search for you mindset and you'll find us there we hope to see you very soon on our next episode and we will um be back with more thank you very much becky no
1: problem bye